What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 1st, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the one-year-older man at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host. It's the second half of 2021. Can you believe it? Here we no. go. I really Where'd can't. I know. Go? I know. We do this so often, and it's like, I, like it doesn't matter whether we're working from home or at a studio or matter. any combination. Where every time a month happens, we're always just like, "How?" But this one, this is this feels more crazy to me than I think I've ever experienced. Where? How are we in the second half of this year? It's gone. It's flying by, dude. It's only, and it's it's the normal. Th- I mean, it's exactly how it always works for us. You're like, "Oh, E3 is the next thing. Oh, this thing's the next thing. Oh, this game's the next thing." And since there's always a new goalpost, it just goes quicker and quicker and quicker. Well, now your goalpost is a goddamn baby. Baby, Greg. <laughs> like know, that's right? the craziest October. thing. Clock's like, ticking here, everybody. Oh so, shit! E3's done. What's next? A living child. A child. <laughs> a child. It could let in a child. I'll tell you that, what. Man, this crazy. thing's moving around to him all the time. Yeah. Jen's house. <laughs> it's crazy over here. <laughs> all sorts of things are crazy over here. It's just not nuts. How are you? How was your birthday? Last Oh, it's fantastic. Everything about this is great. But the I, I want to give a shout out just to the first half of this year. It's been fantastic. Sure. So many oh, yeah. good things happening. So yeah. especially June, man, like content wise, like video games, movies, TV shows. It's just been a damn thrill. What a time to be alive. What a thrill. What a thrill. And it's not stopping anytime soon, Tim, because mm-hmm. you're about to get Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. It's really been announced. Uh, Halo Infinite isn't make or break, according to Phil Spencer. And PlayStation has bought yet another studio. Let's talk about all this and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can get this show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do, and you can get a bevy of other perks, like getting your name read, like getting other shows ad-free, like getting the other post shows, like getting exclusive shows that only go live on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, just like Kebabs on TV is, uh, the nanobiologist is, Booty Pop 88 is. You have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you. One of the E3 2021 hosts, Jackie Jing, was on the Kind of Funny podcast. It's a brand new episode. It's up right now. YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny podcast services around the globe. I can't wait to watch it myself because my internet failed in the opening three minutes. And that was the end of me. Do me a favor, everyone, and at least watch the first three minutes of this episode. The way Greg gets cut off is hilarious i'm not going to spoil it here but please go a professional what that's what i heard that was the final thing before my internet truly truly died uh that'll be a fun one uh thank you to our patreon producers blackjack today we're brought to you by credit karma freshly and hello fresh but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. 
Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you bringing the thunder, as the kids say. Um, so here's where we'll start. Number one, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut is really, really, really real. It's officially announced. Of course, there's been a lot of uh, uh, scuttlebutt, a lot of rumor, a lot of speculation, Tim, of mm-hmm. is it going to be Ghost of Igashima? Is it, what is this director's cut that got uh, rated by the ESRB? Thanks to a young lad named Andrew Goldfarb over on the PlayStation blog, mm-hmm. we have all the information for you. I have parsed this down, but I am going to read it at length, everybody. So what I want you to do, stretch out your legs. I know what you're saying. Greg, I'm driving a car right now. Cruise control, legs out the window. You're fine. You can stretch out still. Don't worry about it. Tim's doing it. See? Let's get going. We're happy to announce that on August 20th, we'll be releasing Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut on both PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 consoles. This new edition comes packed not only with the original game and every piece of additional content we've released to date, but a brand new adventure for Jin alongside a bunch of new features that we're excited to reveal. Uh, Then we start breaking them out, right? So we'll start with the first big bullet point, Iki Island. If you're a history buff, and Lord knows I am, Andrew, uh, you may know that in addition to Tsushima, uh, the neighboring island of Iki was also invaded during the time period. Today, we're excited to reveal that a whole new chapter in Jin's journey is coming and will take place on Iki. Uh, In this new story, Jin travels to the island to investigate rumors of a Mongol presence. Uh, But soon, he finds himself caught up in events with deeply personal stakes that will force him to relive some traumatic moments from his past. We'll have more to share about the story of Iki soon, uh, but today we can confirm that beyond a whole new story and new characters, this new island will also feature tons of new content, including brand new environments to explore, new armor for Jin as well as his horse, new minigames, new techniques, new enemy types, and much more. There are even new animals to pet. On both platforms, Director's Cut will offer new trophies, fuck yes, to unlock for the new Iki content. Tim, do you want to take this... One by one, you want me to go through all the bullet points? You want me to tell you everything you want to tackle like this? How do you want to do I'm giving you an ice cream sundae right now. Keep going. What I'm doing is I'm I'm scooping individual scoops into the thing, right? Right now, now Kevin's got the banana in his mouth, and I'm unpeeling it while he holds Mm -hmm. it with his teeth. Do you want to to eat it all when it's combined? I want a Sunday. I want I want the whole Sunday. All right, fine. We'll move to the next bullet point then. Uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive features. While Director's Cut players on both PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 will be able to experience the Iki uh, Island content, uh, PlayStation 5 players will have access to a few additional new features. We've heard your feedback about the lack of Japanese lip sync in the original version of Ghost of Tsushima, and it's something we worked hard to address in this new release. Thanks to the PS5's ability to render cinematics in real-time cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima uh, and on Iki Island on PlayStation 5 will now offer lip-sync for Japanese voiceover. We're also happy to confirm that Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, and the new Iki Island expansion will all take advantage of haptic feedback and adaptive trigger in the director's cut. Uh, there will also be enhancements to the 3D audio on PS5, as well, as well as drastically improved load times, 4K resolution options, and frame rates targeting 60 frames per second. Now we get into some of the nuts and bolts here. Transferring your progress. Uh, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you'll be able to transfer your save to PS5 to pick up where you left off. For new players, the new Iki uh, Island content will be available beginning in Act 2 of Ghost of Tsushima after you've made your way to the Toyotama region. Other updates. Alongside the director's cut, anyone who already owns Ghost of Tsushima will be able to download a patch containing some new updates. Once again, many of these updates are directly thanks to the constant stream of feedback you've been providing us since launch, which we are extremely appreciative of. 
All players will receive a patch with some new photo mode updates, new accessibility options for controller remapping, as well as the option to enable a target lock-on during combat. And for the person who tweets at us all the time asking for an option to hide your quiver during gameplay, yes, you'll be able to do that too. Finally, for Ghost of Tsushima Legends fans, that's Blessing Addy Oye Jr., uh, we'll also be releasing some new updates, including an all-new mode that we're excited to detail in the weeks to come. All the Ghost of Tsushima Legends updates will be available at no additional charge to owners of any version of Ghost of Tsushima on either platform. Now, let's get into what some people are mad about, some people are okay with, and we're definitely going to discuss. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut Pre-Orders and Upgrades. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut will launch on August 20th for $70 on PS5 and $60 on PlayStation 4. Pre-orders at the PS Store anytime before launch. I'm sorry, pre-order at the PlayStation Store anytime before launch, and you'll get access to download the PS4 version of Ghost of Tsushima immediately. Read the so, name of the game one more goddamn time, Greg. Hey man, driving at home. <laughs> I keep I keep changing the pronunciation because I go back to what's wrong and try to get back to what's right. Tsushima, Tsushima, Tsushima. Uh, immediately, so you can start experiencing the main game early and transfer your progress to pick up where you left off when the director's cut launches in August. If you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you can pre-order an upgrade to Director's Cut on PS4 for $19.99. This upgrade will become available starting on August 20th. Starting on August 20th, if you bought Director's Cut on PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to Director's Cut PS5 at any time for $9.99. You can also upgrade directly from the original Ghost of Tsushima PS4 to Director's Cut on PS5 for $29.99. Tim... The Sunday has been presented. Where do you want to start eating it, devouring it, and taking Kevin's banana? Um, just kind of as an overall, I think this is awesome. I think Hell this yeah. is really, really cool. And you know, as, as we went from PS4 into PS5, and as we in many ways continue to still be there, uh, we were so interested in what this meant for the the kind of last hurrah of the PS4 era of the Ghost and the Death Strandings and Last of Us and you know Horizon even. God, like there was a moment where there was such a big question about like what's this slate look like when it runs up against PS5? Are they going to be crossed from the beginning? Are there going to be two versions? Are they going to eventually just get pushed just to the PS5? Now that we're here and seeing this i really think that sony uh has made a lot of mistakes uh but when it comes to their core titles the way they've been handling the their their upgrades i think they've yeah. been doing a really good job and i think this is a, a a very good sign uh for playstation studios for sucker punch and for ghost as a franchise this very much shows that not only is the audience there the crit critical receptions there the sales are there the content's there like sucker punch is adding so much stuff legends is one of blessings game of the years right like yeah. specifically the legends part and for them to be you know kind of adding more to that as well as adding more to the single player side that so many other people loved so much i think that there's just a lot here that's like we should celebrate right like we look at uh different playstation titles like we get the miles morales these smaller titles we got lost legacy with uncharted i like that this is kind of a different uh variant branch that's popped off of like we can kind of do these director's cuts that aren't just game of the year edition that aren't just oh of here's course. everything and together we're upgrading with the ps5 version that's also available on ps4 with new content to actually give you a reason to want to go back because they're not ready to put out a brand new game yet but you're going to get what sounds like really substantial content this isn't just oh dlc you can pick up if you want it's like no if you're a ghost fan this sounds like stuff that you're going to really want to play yes 
And I think that's what stands with it. I want to bring in just two questions to get them involved, right? Well, and I'll read them both at the same time. Uh, Chance Carter, well, not, not at the same time. I mean, I read them one by one. If I could read things, it'd be like Chance Carter and Matt, you write in, and I have to start combining. It doesn't make any sense. Chance Carter writes into Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games and says, "With Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut officially announced, what do you, what does the panel think of the twenty dollar upgrade for the PlayStation Five version?" Personally, the added content paired with the PS4 version already being forward compatible justifies the price. I feel Sucker Punch has handled the PS4 to PS5 transition very well and has instilled more trust in them as a studio. Meanwhile, Matt, you writes in and says, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut just got announced and it's looking great. What caught my eye, however, is that you have to own the OG game on PS4 and want to upgrade to PS5. You have to be ready to pay another 10 bucks. Of course, there's a bit, bunch of different combinations here and I don't know if Matt and them are nailing. We'll get back to that one second, but stick with me. Now, 10 bucks isn't a crazy amount for, of money, but it is odd to see that when games like Avengers, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade, and even Sony's own Spider-Man Miles Morales come with this weird little upgrade price. What makes Ghost of Tsushima so special to warrant it? It can't be the Iki Island expansion because that in itself, similarly to Final Fantasy VII R is Yuffie's DLC, as well as just DLC that's going to cost you extra outside of the upgrade cost. Wondering what you guys think about all of this and what you think of the upcoming Death Stranding's director's cut and the potential for first-party director's cut we would see as a cost as well. Doubling back to spell this out one more time as we get off in the conversation. I want everybody on the same page, all right? Ghost of, Suma, Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Director's cut will launch on August 20th for $70 PS5, $60 on PS4, right? I'm going to toss out the pre-order stuff. If you went and pre-order right now, you'd be able to get the PS4 version and start playing, right? If you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, number one, you can pre-order an upgrade to Director's Cut on PS4 for $20. This update, will, this upgrade will become available on the 20th. Starting on August 20th, if you bought the Director's Cut PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to the Director's Cut PS5 for any time for $9.99. Meaning that if you were going from base PS4 right now, you, you want this and you want it on your PS4 to the PS5, you're looking at $30. Then also, you can upgrade directly from the original Ghost PS4 to PS5 to Director's Cut on PS5 for thirty bucks. So this is a thirty dollar upgrade we're talking about. I've I've tied all the knots on that, Tim. I'm not missing anything. Yeah. Okay. Just Look, making sure we're all on the same page. Totally. And here's my stance on this. Everything Lay you just said me. sounds confusing as fuck because you just said Ghost of Tsushima ten thousand times and four hundred times. Yeah. Put out like ten thousand different numbers that are very close but different for weird reasons. Everybody understands what the fuck they're trying to buy here. And if you don't, it's like, just take 10 seconds to look at it and like try to figure out what you're trying to do, right? This isn't that confusing. This makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of content you're getting here. Even the, the $10 difference between the PS4 and PS5 version, why is that? Well, they have a whole thing of PS5 exclusive stuff here, including the haptic feedback and enhanced 3D audio and all that. And that stuff costs money. That's development. So it's like, that makes sense to me. If you don't think it's worth it, don't buy that. Don't thing. buy it. Like, yeah, it's, sure. like, I don't, like, this is where we're starting to get into a really weird place of, it's not like they're charging $90 for this. It's not like it's starting to get like above uh, MSRP of what we're used to. Sure, it, we are in the sense that it's 70 and we used to be used to 60. But yeah. the reality is they're charging 70 for these games now. So I, I'm not surprised by any of this. Honestly, what I am happy about is that it seems very well thought out. It seems like they have reasons for why they're doing all this stuff. And they're backing it up with quality content. We can expect this all to be fantastic stuff. There's all the new, the, the not, I don't even want to call it DLC, but just the extra stuff they're adding both on the extra Legend content, side yeah. and the um, the core game side with the PS5 enhancements. I'm like, cool, I see where the money's going. Yeah, 
And I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like, and again, granted, of course, like, well, Andrew Goldfarb wrote this and is a personal friend, but you've known that for years since beyond. You know that Sucker Punch is one of my favorite developers. They made Infamous, and obviously I have a bunch of friends up there who makes games. But moving all of that away, I love Ghost of Tsushima, right? I adored that game. That, that game was a dream. It was so much fun to platinum, right? It was just, it was amazing, I thought, right? And I love that thing so much. So, to already come out and talk, if if the game was, ju- if they were like director's cut and we want you to pay 30 bucks for f- native 4K 60 frames that, and that's it or whatever, you'd be like, oh, well, they already con- they already have a patch for that on PS4 running on PS5. Like, why would you do that? Yada, yada, yada. It is exactly what you're talking about as we've read through this, right? Like, again, starting from the PlayStation 5 editions you'd expect of haptics, starting from the this Japanese lip syncing, the fact that Goldfarb goes in, right, to call out them hiding the quiver, which is something they've wanted, their fan base has wanted. To go even further than that, remember, of course, Legends was free. You didn't have to play for pay for Ghost of Tsushima Legends. That was already part of the game. That was a surprise to you. Now they're putting even more content into that. Then to get all the way out to, they're giving you a new island. Like they are giving us a new island, new story, new things to do, new trophies, new animals, new armor. Like I obviously don't know because I haven't played it, but like you read through this, right? And it's not reading to me. And Tim, this is where I, I start stretching out of my comfort zone. It is not reading to me like this is short DLC, right? And I'm not saying it's going to be 30 hours or something like that, but we're talking about the in a new chapter and Jin's journey is coming and it will take place on Iki. In this new story, he travels to New Island, investigate rumors, does all this different stuff, right? Uh, the New Island also features tons of new content, including brand new environments to explore, new armor, uh, new mini games, new techniques, new enemy types, much more. Like the way it was paced in Ghost makes me think this would be like the fourth sec- fourth, fourth section of the game, of the island you already had, which were meaty things, so, yeah, sure, I could run through the story, but what about the side stories? And then what about getting all the trophies? And what about all the fox dens? And what about all the stuff? Like, that sounds like so much more content, and this is where I'm talking about stretching, than what Yuffie's DLC was. How long was Yuffie's DLC in Integrate? I mean, Yuffie's DLC was like a uh, six to ten hour experience. Oh, that, actually, how... that's exactly what it sounds like to me. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I, I actually, and, and that's the thing is, uh, to Matt Yu's question, where he was just like, $10 isn't a crazy amount, but it's odd when games like Avengers, Final Fantasy, Integrated, Miles Morales don't come with the upgrade price and then he compares the ufi dlc to this i'm a little confused there and that's where again this is confusing there's a lot of numbers and weird shit but like as if i understand this correctly ufi worked a very similar way where the ps4 you can get the upgrade but you need to pay for the dlc uh portion of it so and like with the with the ps5 upgrade especially with the ps plus like all of this is complicated but everybody has their own use cases and then it's not complicated because then you just look at the little chart and go, okay, which one am I? Cool, I'm on this vertical. That's that's where I'm at. Then you make the decision of is it worth the $10, $20, investment to get the content out of it? And I think the PlayStation Studios has proven, Sucker Punch has proven, it's going to be worth it. Uh, when the chat they're saying, right, is uh, it's going fast now, sorry. But it's talking about the fact that, shit, it's gone. Uh, the, the PS5 upgrades on for Final Fantasy were free. It's the DLC you were being charged for. But I feel like we start splitting hairs at that point of what they're doing and how they're doing. And I think... Totally. Yeah. It, it, and I could be completely talking on my ass. Again, I don't know. And I well, I guess I am right there as I start to go into it because I have to reread what the patch notes are and what they're doing. The, but it the sounds the like there's thing. exclusive features. Yeah. There's PS5 exclusive features to it that are beyond... Yeah, the lip syncing stuff is exclusive. And I know, I don't give a shit about lip syncing. All right, then it's not not your use case and you don't need to do it, right? The Yuffie DLC is uh, exclusive to the PS5. That is an, another interesting okay. point to bring up because that's not the case here. So it's like Sucker Punch and PlayStation are making the call to make this available to more gamers on the PlayStation 4. So it's like, 
cost it's just moving things around in different ways to make sure that they're getting the best results for at the hopefully at the end of the day themselves and the most gamers possible right yeah. like they have this core thing they have such a great engine and a great system to work with uh with what they had on ghost on ps4 so moving on ps5 i think this is great now i i want to support these type of things because i love these big tentpole games for the most part ghost i haven't really given a shot because it's not my type of game but like the the uncharted's and the spider-man's and the last of us's of the world like i love those and i want to see more things like miles like lost legacy and i love this being another step in that direction of like this if those were <laughs> The pricing structure gets weird. Not full priced uh, experiences, right? Like they weren't like the traditional MSRP full yeah, game. Yeah. They were $10, $20 less. What does $30 less looks like? $40 less look like, which is what this is. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Me too. And I, and again, like I think I'm a sucker for sucker for sucker punch, right? But for ghosts in general. And so like if they were going to come out and say, hey, yeah, we're going to give you seven to 12 hours, whatever, seven to 10 like we're talking about for Yuffie, right, uh, of this Ica story as DLC, and we're charging $30 for that, I'd probably pay for that as well. Like, how long was Miles, right? Like, and granted, I, I'm splitting hair. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into a different thing because Miles was so big and so new. I, I don't know if that's how big this is going to be, but that's where it starts getting into, like, that's the kind of content I want out of these games. I'm glad Blessing Love Legends. I played it with him on opening day on a stream and enjoyed it, but not enough to double back. Like, that's not what I want out of a ghost experience, right? And that's where I want to go. Uh, AI underscore VII uh, writes in and says, it's kind of disappointing uh, that the new island doesn't continue the story as it can be accessed in Act 2, which probably means it's inconsequential to the grand scheme of things. To me, that's, first off, expected. I think it's weird when DLC comes out and, and does stuff that would then affect the universe beyond what you've already seen. I think that's where you start talking about a full-blown sequel and it capitalizing on those things. I'm down just to have more of Jin's story and what's going on, and they're talking about his past here. I think they're by prequeling it a bit, right, of going there, running into a character he hasn't seen since childhood, I guarantee, that probably worked uh, you know, in the building, not the palace he was in or whatever, right? Like a servant in there is going to have something to do with it and draw you that way. And I think he can still tell you the same thing. I think it's always more interesting of like, no spoilers, but like Spider-Man DLC, right? Spider-Man uh, 2018's DLC, right? Drastically changes a character and leaves them in a far different place. And that's awesome. And that's cool. Like I liked that enough, but it didn't feel as fleshed out as it would have felt in a main game. And I, and I saw somebody when we were talking on PS I Love You this week about Miles Morales and then talking about Spider-Man 2. They'd be like, man, I really hope they double down and talk about you know that. And I was like, I don't know how much of a big deal you make about that because it's kind of like killing a character off screen. They didn't kill this person, but they kind of like killing a character off screen. Now you want everybody to understand who buys Spider-Man 2 that that happened in a DLC they might not have played. Like, You paint yourself into a corner there in a weird way. And I think I, big moves are going to be saved for big games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting because like I don't know that I fully agree with that with the way that the market's shifting and the way that games are changing and with kind of the death of episodic games in a lot of ways be, turning into the rise of what I think this is going to become where people are going to ex like understand that, that these are canon. In the same way that MCU shows, people are now like, okay, cool, that's just as valid as MCU movies and we mm -hmm. didn't think that way before. This is kind of like, uh, you know, Miles is just as important as Spider-Man 1 or 2 will be. Uh, and I think that 
you're right to say the things like the Spider-Man, the three, the night that sl- never sleeps or whatever the fuck, city that never sleeps. That stuff, that is from an older era. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that type of DLC is a little less right. consequential. Whereas 100%. something like the, the Yuffie DLC, w- whatever you want to call it, and it is DLC. I think at some point we're going to stop saying that because it's weird. But uh, the Yuffie expansion, it's like, it very is core to the story. And like, it is adding a character. And it's like, when we play the next Final Fantasy, I'm sure they'll find a way that just like the MCU shows, you don't have to watch them, but it is definitely consequential stuff. Like it is, sure. it is core content. It is not just like optional. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I can, I hope that we see more stuff like that with this as well. Yeah, I, I, you, for that, I agree with you. But for that kind of stuff, I would rather it be what what we thought what the rumor was about this uh, DLC when last week this week whatever week it was where it was going to be more like miles cuz i think mm-hmm. miles was the right way to do that where it was like cool this is a standalone thing you don't need the other game you don't need to reinstall you don't need to upgrade fee you, you're buying it like you are giving yeah. money obviously it was free but it made it feel like oh like boom here's the miles morales chapter of it i love that chapter stuff that i've talked about at length on shows i think you're absolutely right and in a perfect world that is the case but i think that the scope of that is bigger than what they're they're trying to do here and i think this reminds me of the uv thing in the sense of hey we have ps5 tech to be able to play with we can try experiment little little different things play the Yuffie dlc you really can see what they were like oh man we couldn't have done this on ps4 but it's like not really fully pushing it it's just kind of like little tiny hints and mm-hmm. with ghost also being on ps4 i don't think it's going to be that radically different but i do think that this is them kind of experimenting and getting used to the 3d audio and haptic feedback and like the potential of the ssd and all that stuff and it's just like we're just in this weird time right now that's like caught between generations so there's gonna be some awkward uh moments that aren't exactly what we all want or what they all want i'm sure that they don't want this to just be a director's cut they'd rather it be a standalone thing that they can charge even more for because i feel like if they just instead of calling this director's cut they treated it more like miles and just called it you know ghost island of Iki or something uh put that and put that out for 30 dollars and then just phrased it differently where they're just like it's a $30 package called that. Also, it comes with the PS5 version of Ghost, just like Spider-Man did with Spider-Man the Ultimate did, Edition. Yeah. I think it'd be a very different conversation that people are having in terms of what they're upset about. Yeah. But it's all just semantics. 100%. In, it is all, all just semantics. And for me, personally, as Greg Miller, right, the bottom line is I am getting more new story uh, content for Ghost of Tsushima which means they would they'll, they'll get my money and they got new trophies like that's what I want out of this right like and obviously like if it comes out it's two hours long or something then there's a different value proposition yada 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 mm-hmm. but like what I, I this hit all the notes for me in terms of what I wanted to see out of this and see them double down on it have new stuff on the islands new new techniques new all these things it sounds like it's gonna be really fleshed out and I can't wait to see it number two on the Roper report is something you can't wait to see Timothy that's Halo true. Infinite Ooh. and it turns out apparently Halo Infinite is not make or break for the franchise, uh, according to Phil Spencer, at least. Uh, I'm reading from Maxwell Jeffrey over at Gaming Intel, who went and listened to Podcast Unlocked over there on IGN.com, which was celebrating its 500th episode and had Phil on. I'm going to join uh, uh, Jeffrey's art- or, yeah, Maxwell Jeffrey's article in progress. Discussing what Halo Infinite means for the future of the franchise, Xbox's Phil Spencer revealed more about how the company judges its upcoming project. After a year delay, the title will be launching in holiday 2021, and Xbox is promising a, quote, game that Halo fans can be proud of. And we can certainly see that in the new Halo Infinite 2020 versus 2021 graphics comparison. 
Quote, Halo will be here 10 years from now, Spencer confirms. Is Infinite the, like, linchpin to what, what, is Halo, I'm gonna drink my water. We came out of a meeting too fast, I didn't get enough is water. Is Infinite on. the, like, linchpin to whether it survives that long? Absolutely not. The Xbox boss cites the game's rabid fan base and extensive history as just two reasons why Halo isn't going anywhere after Infinite, and Phil Spencer reports that he never wants a game development team to believe like it's make or break with their next installment. Quote, it's just an IP that's going to be with us. We don't take that for granted, but I definitely believe that in the in my core, that's the truth. Tim, in your core, do you believe that to be the truth? I mean, I believe it. it's the truth where they're at right now. Like, this with the reality of where Halo is. I'm sure this isn't what they want to be saying. It is the reality, though. We all need to understand that, that this is what it is. And I appreciate Phil. I think that Phil's a very, very smart guy. And they're doing a fantastic job running their teams over there. And lines like, it's just an IP. It's going to be with us. Uh, we don't want to uh, make the teams think it's make or break. That's great. We got to, like, don't put that type of pressure on on these people. That's unfair. You know what I mean? At some point where it's just like, it's not on them to solve this problem that was started a decade ago, depending on how you look at it, right? Like, that's that's complicated. Having said that, it's Halo, baby. Like, <laughs> that, like it is the make or break thing. I want to bring something interesting in, though, on our, our subreddit. Uh, a couple days ago, somebody named user RB7198 wrote a thread that was Halo Infinite feels similar to Star Wars Episode 7 to me. And they they made a really good point where we and a lot of people have been talking about how Halo Infinite needs to be the God of War 2018 moment for Halo. Um, and they presented an argument that it actually needs to be more of the Star Wars Force Awakens of Halo, where it's just like, let's go back to what people loved about it and mm -hmm. kind of set begin to set things right for it. And I think that where we're at right now with Halo Infinite, that's exactly you're they're nailing it like i think that the god of war moment would have been what we all wanted and to be extremely clear we're not saying when we say that it's not meaning a oh story it's just story driven totally different type of gameplay whatever it's like no it's taking everything that made that thing special but modernizing it in a way that makes it feel like a, in in halo's having an, another moment as big as the moment it had before. And that's what we saw with Breath of the Wild for Zelda. And that's what we saw with God of War 2018 for God of War. We want to see that for uh, Halo, for what Xbox multiplayer can be, especially with Game Pass, especially with xCloud, especially with all that stuff. Halo can be this giant moment for them. And with how long we've been waiting for Infinite, there was just a lot built into expecting that. And we've had the last year to kind of come down from that. And coming down, I think, is a way more negative way than I want to speak on this because mm -hmm. what they mm -hmm. showed at E3 was hype as fuck. And it very much does look like The Force Awakens. So I'm down for that. If they can just capture that magic of the multiplayer and have a very, very, very solid campaign, like they've kind of achieved something that is fantastic. It's not quite the highs that we'd want, like a lot of people would say about Force Awakens. But all we need is the, the quality there. And I think what Phil Spencer is alluding to here is this isn't going to be the God of War, but it definitely could be The Force Awakens. I like that take. Yeah, it's that thing where, you know, this was uh, making the round stay and people were like, oh, man, like, it's just such a, a businessy answer, yada, yada, yada. He's a suit being a suit kind of thing. And I don't take, I don't, that's not my takeaway from it. Like, I, he's right, right? W Halo will be here 10 years from now. <laughs> is is this, is uh, Infinite the linchpin to whether it survives that long? Absolutely. Not. Of course. Halo Infinite could be complete and utter fucking trash. And you will still have Halo Funko Pops or whatever the hell in 10 yeah. years. Like, that's not going away. I do think it's make or break in terms of public perception of what Halo is and can be. 
Yeah, I think that's the that that's the real thing, and and that's the 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 God of Warization that I'm talking about, where it's like it's not just mimicking what that game was; it's what it did for the franchise. Where so many people have fond memories of the early God of Wars, so many, so many people think of them as classic games, but then they stopped thinking of them that way. We mm-hmm. got Ascension, mm-hmm. and there was just a big break, and it was just kind of like, okay, this franchise is gone. And if they just kept putting out those God of Wars, it would have just kept being like, oh, people like them. It's not like people don't like Halo 5 and 4. They do. Yeah. Very, a lot of people like them a lot. But it's inarguable that Halo's not what it used to be at the peak of what it meant to Xbox. And that's what Infinite could be and what we expect it to be, want it to be. Yeah, but want it to be. Yeah, for sure. Hitting this point now where we don't expect that anymore because of statements like this and because of where we've seen the game at. And cool. Now we just need to have different expectations. At the end of the day, that is a bummer. Because Halo should be Xbox's God of War and Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. We'll have to wait and see. You still confident it's uh, holiday 2021? I, 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 I don't know. It's such a thing where it's just like, I, I, I am. I am. On it. Like, I, I am too, where I'm just like, I don't see why not. But then the moment I say that, I'm like, well, because of the state of the world. So it's like any date, anything is just best plan. You know, especially with where they're at, it's like I they're gonna put this out when they they have the luxury of time at this point. And I, I truly believe it because they've been working on this so long and they can't fuck this up to the state to the extent that they're trying to do it. Make or break, maybe not, but it is a make or break for they got to stake the landing of the launch of this game to get that initial swell of people being hyped as fuck about Halo for the first time. Doesn't need to be hyped to like all caps 10 out of 10. It's just like Give us a solid Halo game. Solid Halo multiplayer. And with that, I can see it coming this year. Here, here. Uh, you talk about, you know, they can't waste this opportunity. They can't waste time. You know who doesn't waste opportunity or time? People who go to patreon.com slash games over on patreon.com slash games. Of course, you can be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. You can get every episode of Kind of Funny Games daily with the exclusive post show we do. And most importantly for right now, you can get the show ad-free. But guess what, Jack? You're not watching on patreon.com slash games. So let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, why it's Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Uh, your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage, baked penne, or 
chicken pesto bowls. Ladies and gentlemen, my father's birthday just came and went, and guess what I got him? A subscription to Freshly. Each and every week I go in and pick the six meals that'll be delivered to his door, and he loves them. They're easy. He doesn't have to think. He just gets to come home, pop the food in, and have a good night. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off their first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash games. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash games for $40 off your first two orders. And our final sponsor of the day is HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. Try HelloFresh's quick and easy meals, 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and more easy options uh, that are perfect for your lifestyle. Of course, you know I love to cook, and one of the things that got me cooking, of course, was programs like this. You don't have to worry about going to the store. Everything comes to you. You make the meals you want. You learn some new cooking techniques. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash kfgd14 and use the code kfgd14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash kfgd14 and you can get 14 free meals plus free shipping uh hellofresh america's number one meal kit kevin hit the breaking news bell Ding ding ding! Breaking news! Ding ding! ding Ladies ding, and gentlemen, we have breaking ding, news ding, from ding, the one and only Jeff Grubb over at Games Beat. He is reporting that the Kojima Xbox deal has inched closer to becoming a game you will one day play in 2050. <laughs> Jeff Grubb writes over on Games Beat. Hideo Kojima and Microsoft have signed a letter of intent that states the two parties intend to work out the details on a publishing agreement for a new Xbox game, according to sources familiar with the matter. This is a key step in negotiations between the Metal Gear Solid creator and the Xbox company. This signifies that both parties have agreed to a generalized deal while lawyers continue hashing out the finer points. Microsoft and Kojima's teams have spent months discussing a possible partnership, and now it is more likely than ever that those conversations will bear fruit. The deal is so close that Microsoft has begun preparing for what Kojima will need to make his new game. Last week, Microsoft announced that it had hired Portal developer and Left 4 Dead developer Kim Swift to oversee partnerships for cloud-based games. Swift most recently worked at Google's cloud gaming service Stadia. Microsoft hired her with the purpose of assisting in making Kojima's cloud game a reality. As for what Kojima's game actually is, few people know. The point of this partnership is to unlock the creativity of Kojima Productions using Microsoft's technology as opposed to greenlighting a specific pitch. And then, what about other publishers like Sony? Well, it is very unlikely that Microsoft's deal would prohibit Kojima from working with other companies. For now, Kojima Productions continues to work on Sony with Sony on Death Stranding Director's Cut for PlayStation 5. Tim? Yeah. That's cool. It's very cool. I Go love it. Kojima. Yeah, I mean Kojima and Xbox. I'd love to see that. What could that? What could that look like? And like, especially like, how close are they going to work together? Like, does that yeah. end up being a Game Pass game? Like, does it end up being like an 100%. Xbox? Uh, I, I imagine so as well. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, how how closely tied is it to some actual Xbox Game Studio project? Right? Like, yeah, a oh, lot of lot of lot of fun questions to ponder with this one. But yeah, excited really- to see what it is. But it's so. I mean, it's funny we talk about the cloud, right? And Kim Swift coming on to do cloud gaming with this because, of course, this is a nebulous idea right now in terms of what we're actually going to get from Kojima. Of course, he had uh, statements recently, right, talking about uh, well, nine eleven. Uh, but he was <laughs> talking about like his games being based in reality and predicting the future and yada yada yada. And what does he want his next one to look like? It would be interesting to see him do something with the cloud, something with streaming, right? Uh, thinking that's the future and predict that. 
But then also interesting, I meant to call this out earlier, Death Stranding director's cut, Ghost of Tsushima uh, director's cut, when are we getting Last of Us Part 2 director's cut? I mean, what do you think we're going to get? Dude, like, that's such a big question for me, where it's like, I want Last of Us on PS5. Like, I've been trying to buy uh, PS5 physical games, so I I have them, and I want Last of Us. I'm, like, holding out on buying it on PS4, because I'm like, it's going to happen on PS5. You know what I mean? It's some form. Uh, I just don't know when. I'm a little surprised it, it, that it hasn't happened yet in some form. And I imagine that Factions has something to do with that. But I hope so. I For also, blessing's sake. I also, I'm not so sure because it's like I can see Factions being its own, totally its own thing. Um, but then there's the the Last of Us 1 remake. I don't know it, like if that is real and if that is like actually going to see the light of day anytime soon. Um, how that all comes together. Could be like a Last of Us Part One and Two PS5 version would be fucking incredibly cool, very cool. But you know what else is cool? Number three on the Roper Report: uh, PlayStation has bought another studio. This is Joe Scrabbles over at IGN.com. PlayStation has acquired Nixes, a Dutch studio that specializes in porting games to PC. Announced by head of PlayStation Studios Herman Hulse, Nixes has been bought for an undisclosed fee. The studio will provide high-quality in-house technical and development capabilities for PlayStation Studios, according to a press release. Nixes has worked extremely close with Crystal Dynamics, IDOS Montreal, and IO Interactive since forming in 1999, porting the recent Tomb Raider trilogy and the two most recent Deus Ex games to PC. I've never been one to throw shade at a games writer. But it is a fucking insult that Joe Scrabbles doesn't talk about Nix's work on the one, the only Marvel's Avengers. All right. Marvel's fucking Avengers, Tim. You ever heard of it? Their uh, logo, very prominent in all the Hawkeye DLC. I think they did a lot there. So just let, shout it out, everybody. We're one step away from Marvel's yeah. Avengers being a PlayStation Studios title. That is a complete lie. Don't bother. You're wronging it. You know, I'm fucking around. Back to the article. While no specifics have been given about Nix's work for PlayStation, it feels likely that the studio will support Sony's increased focus on porting its console-exclusive games to PC. Timothy mm-hmm. Gettys. Do you believe that's the reason that's we're getting here? Do you think that's what's happening? This is a they're strictly bringing them on kind of like almost like when they bought Gaikai of like, cool, Gaikai will become PlayStation now. That'll be a streaming thing. Nix is you're coming in because we want to keep bringing our games to PC. You can help us do that. Yeah, right. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, they're known for for ports and for in-house technical development capabilities. It's like, yeah, that sounds exactly right. When we look at the last couple of years and the decisions made from from PlayStation, we're going to see more PlayStation games on PC. I can't believe it as somebody that has followed this stuff my entire life. Like, that is a shock, but it's a reality we're in. And I think the, the bigger question starts to become, like, at what point are they closer to day and date or day and date on PS5 and PC? Does that ever actually happen? All that. See that. And I think we're far from that because of the the place in the industry that PS5 is now. I don't know what the industry is going to look like in five years. Like, what's the next generation look like? I can imagine that it might be a little bit more connected because, as we've seen, that just continues to happen. Things get more, there's more and more and more overlap. So, at some point, there will be a convergence point. I just don't know if we're going to see that in the PS5 generation. See, it's for me, I I don't know. Obviously, so many video game changes we talk about, you know, things crossing, you know, seeing the show on Xbox, seeing Minecraft Dungeons on PlayStation have the Xbox logo, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. many of these things that in 2010 would have seemed like impossible, right? All these different things. The PlayStation PC news doesn't 
in the fact that the news being that they port their stuff to play to PC doesn't rock my world in terms of like what a crazy thing like it's like oh yeah that's something they're doing that's cool blah blah I the the hurdle I can't get my head over would be the day and date thing of it's on PlayStation five or six or whatever it is and PC the same day and that is I know you I'll look back at this you know send me this clip in five seven eight ten years and I will laugh at my own stupid self because it's just that uh baggage of what playstation has been over the last x amount of years right and over the, their entire scope of being playstation that you sit here and you're like i can't fathom that but it's that idea of the industry changes so quickly and you need to be out there and you need to advance and it just gets to that point of like man i would feel like the pc version would always be better than the playstation version at that point with its uncapped frame rates and whatever for you know 144 frames per second or whatever the fuck fran's always talking about like i just don't see why you would do that you want to keep competing with xbox but i don't think you want to double dip and and, and compete with yourself on pc but i'm, I mean, I'm also short-sighted because of course i wouldn't buy my games for playstation on pc i, I would still I, buy them over that that's the thing is just like i think that for there's going to be many millions of core gamers that just want their console experience. They just want things to work and blah, blah, blah. All the things that we've talked about forever since the dawn of time of PC versus console gaming. The reality is, though, PC gaming is just getting more and more reliable, more and more cheap. And the the thing is, you can go to a Best Buy right now and buy a dope-ass PC for significantly less than you ever could before. And it's just like, it's becoming more and more, it's just like a phone where the mm-hmm. amount of power that, is in any phone you buy you don't need to buy the top of the line iphone it could just be like the cheap one that they essentially give you just for signing up it's like it's still a powerhouse that can run shit very well right like the, sure. the i just think that the barrier to entry is going to be a lot lower and that's going to continue to be true on, on the pc side of things so i there's just be gonna at some point be a market so large that it would be a choice I don't want to like say silly, but it would sure, be. Sure, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Be, why would you not, ignore that? Exactly. PlayStation wants to that. make money, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just that we've seen such a siloed PlayStation for so long that. Yeah. Yeah. How they do it and what they do. Uh, but uh, again, in this Nixus story, in much more of the uh, immediate future, uh, OM Jesus in the Twitch chat actually says one that I overlook every time and think about it later. Yes. And, and yes, give me dreams on PC. Like, that would be huge. Dreams is an amazing game that hasn't exploded on PlayStation. It needs to get into more people's hands to make more money, to make Media Molecule's investment in it uh, worthwhile. And yeah, Dreams would fucking crush on PC and people could make stuff on that. You hope that, that that's what you're talking about, right? I think it's so simple to look at things like Days Gone or Horizon, right? Or even Death Stranding, which I know isn't, you know, you know was what, 505 actually published Death Stranding on PC, but you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Of Sure, something that's already been out on PlayStation and is a dead game, quote unquote put it there to get people stoked for whatever is going to come next when you talk about a horizon when you talk about uh the next thing in days gone or last of us or whatever you put out there but yeah to sit here and be like man dreams an ongoing living breathing thing and what people can actually make on pc with it that'd be dope mm-hmm. Absolutely. number four on roper report another dope thing hopefully uh the last of us series on hbo has founded sarah i'm reading from justin kroll over on deadline who's got two short paragraphs for you Dumbo star Nico Parker is set to join HBO series The Last of Us, an adaptation of the popular game. She will join Pedro Pascal, uh, Bella Ramsey, and Gabriel Luna, who are set to appear as Joel, Ellie, and Tommy, respectively. Parker will play Joel's daughter. Parker's breakout role came as Colin Farrell's daughter in Disney's live adaptation of Dumbo. The actress was also featured in HBO's The Third Day. She will be seen in Warner Brothers' Reminiscent, in which she appears opposite her real-life mother, Tandy Newton. Fandy Newton. Fandy. That's exciting. Huh? 
Tandy, Tandy Newton as featured Tandy. in Mission Impossible 2. Never forget. But isn't that thing where like this is a kind of funny.com slash you're wrong of the umpteenth degree? Wasn't I I'm I think we're both screwing it up because Tandy is the one people say, but she put in an interview eventually. She's like, Oh, but that's not really how you pronounce my name, but I've just let people Americanize it. So if you have the correct pronunciation, let me know. But she's I, the one from um the show with the, West the robots. World. Westworld. God, she's good in that. Love her in that show. It's this is exciting. Sarah won't be in the show for long, probably, but neat. Yeah. I mean, sure, we'll get some more flashbacks with her, but hey, cool. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love it. I can't wait. So far, they're knocking it out of the park, out of the fucking park with the yeah. casting for the show. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I hope that this is freaking spectacular, and I expect that it will be with everything we've heard about it so far. I agree 100%. Yeah, I think having, you know, Neil, uh, Craig from Chernobyl, all those people working on it, and then the cast they're assembling, the music sounds like could fucking crush. Like they got the music from Last of Us. <laughs> Come uh, on. Gustavo. Yeah. Like that's such like the heart and soul of the franchise. So it's like taking that because that to me is always the biggest problem when there's these adaptations and all of a sudden you lose a lot of what made it special. Like one of the biggest things that I have an issue with with like Death Note, both the American version and the Japanese versions of the movies is they lack the music, which really kind of mm-hmm. added so much identity to the the soul of what makes it special. And Last of Us definitely has that. And it is something that kind of takes it from just being another zombie thing. It's like, there's like a, a love to the world that you kind of feel through the entire production of it. And I think that with an HBO budget, like that can show through visually, but now we know the audio is going to back it up too. Number five on the Roper Report, there's more evidence mounting for a Dead Space revival. This is Darren Bonfus over at GameSpot, who writes, speculation that a new Dead Space game may be in development heated up this week as the official Dead Space YouTube channel has changed its profile picture for the first time in almost a decade. Swapping the Dead Space 3 logo for a more generic image from the franchise has led some fans to theorize that the timing indicates some sort of imminent reveal as, as, as is scheduled for EA Play Live this month. Uh, as we reported last week, EA is reportedly reviving Dead Space with Star Wars Squadron developer Motive Studio, supposedly working on a reimagining of the original 20, uh, 2008 game, which uh, will now be a, will, which will not be a direct sequel to the sci-fi horror trilogy. The rumors first began when Games Beat Jeff Grubb explained on the Games Beat Decides podcast that Motive Studios were, was reviving the dormant EA IP and would officially reveal it in July with several more other outlets also reporting that they had heard similar rumors. Let's fucking go, y'all. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what they show at EA Play. I imagine it'll be there in some form. I kind of struggle to be too hyped about this just because Visceral is gone. And it's mm-hmm. like, what what is this going to end up being? Is it some type of t- full-on reboot? Is it some type of, like, I know we have the rumors here and I'm talking about reimagining, but, like, what does that look like in these day and age? We, we've seen reimagining, remake, reboot, whatever the hell. It's like there's so many different versions of what this could be. So I'll wait patiently till they show me what it is and decide. Yeah, how, it's how that thing. It's exciting that. to see EA do Dead Space because we've wanted more totally. Dead Space. But I'm right there with you of like, it also kind of sucks because Callisto Protocol from Glenn, you know, is like a spiritual successor to Dead Space. And so, and like, that's just getting announced and that was just getting some juice and yada yada. And now it's like, oh, okay, well, now they are bringing back Dead Space, but it will be in name only. But in the same breath, Motive's incredibly talented. And I'm sure the people they have on it are Dead Space fans. But what they actually do with it, we'll have to wait and see. And Altman I just... Praise. I, I'm really hoping that it's a Resident Evil 2 remake and not a Sands of Time remake from what we've seen of it so far. 
sure, I hope it's just they blow it all up and they just do their own thing. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be a remake of any kind. I just want you. Know, what does a modern Dead Space do with t- talented people? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that could be cool too. But like, I, I feel like that's not really what. Then it's just not Dead Space. They just make a new IP. Like, I, I think that with Dead Space in particular, like what we're fond about that franchise, it's it is yeah. the fact that it is that game. So it's like modernize it. I I would like to see a mix of Resident Evil Two and Final Fantasy Seven remake. of that mixed together for what this is uh some breaking ish news too while we are live about ea play some dates and stuff went up i'll start with ea play itself where they're talking about dead space happening we already knew it was going to be july 22nd uh it's ea ea play live 10 a.m of course hosted by wwe superstar xavier woods aka host of the greatest youtube channel in the world up up down downs austin creed aka the commish he'll be hosting of course he's having fun it's going to be 40 minutes uh let me again i'm just here reading it as a is is all breaking live so here i'm just going to read this paragraph now obviously we can't tell you everything that will be there on july 22nd but we can tell you that this year ea play live will start at 10 a.m with a short pre-show that serves as a recap of sorts before the main show begins the real excitement focusing on games that are coming out soon rather than in the all too distant future Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, the show is a fast-paced one coming in around 40 minutes and will feature what's next for games like Battlefield 2042 and Apex Legends. You'll also see the first gameplay of Lost in Random featuring explosive dice battles, time-freezing tactics, and card collection. We'll have a couple of other games to highlight as well, but for those, you'll just have to wait and see. There's some of your uh, information there. But on top of that, they also announced in the same thing, uh, EA Play Live Spotlight. Uh, it's all about connecting you to the games you love and the people who make them. That This means that throughout the month of July, we'll have five different broadcasts total made up of four individual spotlights to start and then the one main show. Uh, they list them here. July 8th at 10 a.m. Pacific is the future of first-person shooters. July 13th at 10 a.m. Pacific is EA Hearts Independent Studios. July 19th at 4 p.m. Pacific is Madden NFL 20. 22 all access scouting how the community is shaping madden nfl 22 oh and then the july 20th at 10 a.m uh cet more ea sports not a lot to tell you much about Fuck this yeah, one yet. Sorry. this is awesome yeah this is kind of like the dream scenario that we have for ea uh e3 conferences or e3 season conferences where it's like cool all the the sports games and this and that let's just We'll get all the shit that like this yeah. is very targeted out of the way. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the the core thing itself, like sure, have a, a quick shout out, have maybe a, a, a little sizzle for a second for Madden and all that, but we don't need that full on breakdown of what's different this year. I like that. Good call. Hopefully they do a good job with it. So EA play coming up, all these different spotlights coming up. And a shout out to Stella over at IGN who tweeted and where is where I saw this. Uh, y'all, I can finally talk about it. I'm so excited to say I'm your host for the future of FPS EA Spotlight segment at EA Play Live. So there you go, Stella. Go get them. Now, Tim, I've saved the best news, the sweetest news Hmm. for last. Kevin, can you please show what I've put in here? It is the combination of all my loves it kind of funny. We are getting Pokemon Oreos in September, Tim. All right? Fantastic. The tweet reads, of course, our newest collab in September is going to be, and then it's the electric symbol. Can you guess what it is, trainers? Here are some more hints, and then it's the leaf, and it's the fire, and it's the water. Because you see, Tim, mm. in a Pokemon game, you start, and they show you like three different fucking rats, but they yeah. all have a different power, whether it's water, fire, or plant, and you choose one, and then you go play. And you just fucking play, and you play, and you play, and you catch stuff. That's what you do. That's what you do. Kev, can you go back to the Twitter real quick? 
Look at that. Oh, God, this is going to be a good Oreo. This is going to be a great Oreo. I hope the cookie's yellow and the cream is red. This is Or the cookie looks like the Pokeball. They, they nailed this here. If you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you're new around here. I do a show called Oreo Oration, right? Where I, where I sit there and I, I eat the Oreo and I review the Oreo. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at here, Tim? Now, I don't know if uh, you recognize this because you were a couple years older than me, but in the Pokemon cartoon, the iconic uh-huh. Pokemon cartoon, before the commercial, the, during the commercial breaks, it'd be bookended by who's that Pokemon, where they would say, who's that Pokemon? Sure. And they'd come back and you get the second screen. It's Oreo. It's always really exciting. And okay. then they would end the episodes with the poker rap where they would name all the Pokemon in rap form. That's cool. Tim can yeah. still do it. Electro, Diglett, Nidoran, Mangy, Venusaur, Rattata, Pharaoh, Pidgey, Sea King, Jolteon. I'm done. Porygon's my man and he walks around. He's got two legs. He never frowns. Yep. Porygon, Porygon. Wah, wah, mm-hmm. wah, wah, looks like a duck. Wah, yep. wah, 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 wah. Tim, I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, I know all about Porygon. Don't worry about that. And I also turned on Pokemon Go today just for the hell of it. No big deal around here. Uh, Tim, I'm excited to eat some Pokemon Oreos in September, but September's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, Blaster Master Zero on Xbox all around. Uh, the Procession to Calvary on Switch. Uh, Alpha Dia Genesis 2 on Switch. Uh, Kira Kira Stars Idol Project Re-Ika on Switch. Red, White, Yellow on Switch. Dragon Question on Switch. Uh, Kicker and Chino's World on Switch. Pigeon Fight on Switch. Discolored on Switch. Path Through the Forest on Switch. And then over in the GTA Online world in celebration of Independence Day in the U.S., GTA Online players can take advantage of big bonuses and steep discounts alongside some stateside-themed gifts, including the free USA Parachute Bag. New dates for you. Uh, Blightbound is leaving Steam Early Access on July 27th and coming uh, to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. The Silence and the Fury comes to Total War Warhammer 2 on July 14th. Lucid Dream comes to Switch and PC August 5th. Uh, Mr. X Nightmare, the upcoming DLC for the smash hit Streets of Rage 4, is launching July 15th on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Season 8 Dynasty is coming to Conqueror's Blade on July 8th. And then I put in the EA dates that I was able to work into a new story. So I don't need to worry mm-hmm. about those right now, Tim. Mm-hmm. Deals of the day for you. Uh, today, Amazon Prime revealed that Prime Gaming is giving Prime members the ability to play some classic LucasArts games this summer, including The Secret of Monkey Island, Special Edition, Sam and Max, Hit the Road, and Indiana Jones, and The Fate of Atlantis. Uh, On the very first of every month, beginning today through September 1st, Prime members will be able to play the iconic point-and-click adventures. Uh, July 1st is Monkey Island, August 1st is Indiana Jones and The Fate of Atlantis, and then September 1st is Sam and Max, Hit the Road. That's all for you, Prime Gaming members. And hey, if you have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming. You can get these games for free. But more importantly, maybe you're one of those podcast listeners, one of those YouTube people. Remember, Amazon Prime, which you probably have, gives you a free subscription to a Twitch channel of your choice. We would love it if you used it on us. Kind of funny games. Of course, the thing is that it doesn't auto-renew. So if you use it on us once, guess what? 30 days later, you got to come back and do it again. Why? Because Jeff Bezos doesn't want to give you free money he doesn't want to give that money out it's a benefit it's a bullet point he can put there but they don't want to make it easy for you to spend that five dollars so i'm begging you to come here each and every month i know you're a long-haul truck driver just come on over just do it no big deal you know tim 
Mm-hmm. We ask people to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games to support the show, get it ad free, get it with the post show we're about to record, but also to squad up. This is where one of you writes in with your name, username, platform of choice, why you need help in a video game. And I read it here for the best friends to come and find you. Uh, Mathis needs help on Xbox. Uh, Mathis's username is M-A-7-H-I-J-S. Hi, y'all. I am looking for some kind of funny best friends to play games together or simply just talk about video games and other things in life. I moved from Europe to Singapore last year, and due to the pandemic, haven't really been able to make many friends here yet. In addition, due to the time difference, it is difficult for me to regularly play with my friends back home. I'm usually available between 6 p.m. and 12 p.m. Singapore time. Lately, I have been playing a lot of Warzone and Knockout City, but I am also planning on returning to Destiny, and I'm always willing to try out other games. If you live in a similar time zone or play games during similar times of the day and want to squad up, please add me on Xbox, M-A-7-H-I-J-S. Ladies and gentlemen, go play games with Mathis. Find out what's happening in Singapore. Find out what time zone Singapore is in. Maybe it's got his own time zone. I don't know. Who knows? You know what I mean? Impossible to find out. Uh, Tim, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screwed up as we screwed it up. Hey, you want to hear something crazy real quick before you? I do sure that do. Lay it on me as I look through uh, this. You mentioning Singapore reminded me that recently I was looking at our audience demographic breakdowns um, uh-huh. for some things, and uh, one interesting fact is the kind of funny YouTube channel at the very least now has a twenty four point nine percent female hey ranking, which is crazy. That is up from what started at a three percent a couple years ago. So. Welcome. Okay. Sorry, I'm looking through the your wrongs here. So first off, for let's get back to Tandy Newton, all right? Mikey O writes in and says from the BBC, Tandy Newton reverts to the original spelling of her first name, uh, Tandy, T-A-N-D-I-W-E, and is pronounced Tandy-way, Tandy-way. So that's, that's what's happening over there. Thank you for that. Uh, and then Wit writes in and says, this is breaking news, apparently. It's another Jeff Grubb update or a Grubb date. Motive Studios is indeed working on a Dead Space remake in the vein of Resident Evil 2 remake. Fuck so there, yeah, you go, baby. there you go, Timmy. Love that. I mean, like, that sounds rad. Like, that sounds like what I personally would want from this. Because it's not just like, oh, old game is old. Why would we make it? The old one's there. It's like, we have had some fantastic remakes in the last couple of years that really kind of proved that there is a value to Take, going back and really get into the essence of what made the game special, modernizing it, taking away some of the really like bad things, but keeping the core and enhancing it. Yeah, I'm on the article now over here. Uh, another Jeff Grubb date. Grubb date. Yeah, 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 yeah. For its Dead Space game, Motive is taking notes from Capcom's recent Resident Evil, Resident Evil remakes, like Resident Evil 2 Remake, except the next Dead Space is to use the original game as a strong foundation, but it should also have modern visuals, and it will likely bring in new gameplay mechanics inspired by other entries. Great. Perfect. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim and I are going to go do a post show on patreon.com slash games. We urge you to come over, hang out. You can get your name read. You can get your questions read. You can have a good time. You can catch this. You can get every show ad-free and never have to worry about it again. Uh, if you are live on twitch.tv slash games, get ready for more spooks and scares. Mike, Andy, and Blessing are going to jump into Resident Evil 8. Uh, that's the scare stuff. And then they're going to play Apex, which I don't think is that scary. But I guess it could spook you. If, ah, gun. You get shot. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't see that guy around the corner. There's a robot you know what i mean apex no titans whatever shit sucks uh so anyways go there if you want to see them uh playing these video games and you're like you know what uh i missed it i wasn't live i'm hearing this later of course you can go to our newest youtube channel youtube.com slash kind of funny plays catch the archive of all 
our streams on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. But like I said, that's enough about that. Tomorrow, Blessing and Tim are here. It's birthday week over here. Tim's birthday was yesterday. Blessings is tomorrow. There are cakes being delivered. It will be the a most fun important show. thing. Everybody, go wish Blessing at Blessing Jr. a happy birthday eve today. Show some respect. Congratulate him on his birthday eve. Please. Last wait. time he'll ever be young. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>